Good morning. Well, we just come through uh, as a tribe an eight-week series on the way of peace. And I just think we need to thank our pastors, uh, Jason and Joshua, for such a wonderful uh, time for putting that notebook together and leading us in uh, what a wonderful study. So if you haven't thanked them, why don't you send them a text or give them a call or send them an email. Uh, we appreciate it, uh, Jason and Joshua, for what you've done. We are uh, very, very grateful for the work that you put into it, and we have been blessed. And now we just came through Thanksgiving. So I wanna, I'd, I'd like for us to end Thanksgiving with one more Thanksgiving. Remember, it's not thanks thinking or thanks meditating, it's thanks giving. So right where you are, whether you're at home or you're here, wherever, do one more Thanksgiving. Tell one person at least something that you're thankful for that you haven't said yet. We're going to take about a minute to do that. Everybody do it. You back in the computers, you back in the back. Tell one more thing you haven't said yet that you're thankful for. Amen. And now today, we start the Advent season. And there's four Sundays leading up to Christmas that we look at four different aspects of the Advent season. We lit the Advent candle today, and today is we're going to talk about hope. Next week is about the preparation of peace, followed by joy and followed by love. Now, how many of you want those? I think, I mean, how can we go wrong with hope, peace, joy, and love? Oh my goodness, what a great time of year for us just to take a moment and to celebrate Advent and look on these wonderful topics. So, Advent, what does it mean? Well, it's not really a biblical term, but it is biblical. Advent comes from actually two different words. The two words is arrival and coming. Two aspects. Arrival, something has arrived, that's a, that's a past tense word, and coming, which is a anticipation or something will happen. And we see in the Advent, as we apply that to Jesus, he came and he's coming. So we have both of these wonderfully for us. Now he came. Are you glad he came? And we're going to celebrate this Christmas that he came to earth. As we look in Jeremiah chapter 33 in verse is 14, and we're going to read this from the Message Bible. And it says this, watch for this. The time is coming, declares the Lord, 
when I will keep the promise I made to the families of Israel and Judah. When that time comes, I will make a fresh and true shoot spring from the David tree. He will run this country honestly and fairly. He will set things right. That's when Judah will be secure and Jerusalem live in safety. Wow, he came, are you glad? And as he arrived these approximately 2,000 years ago, the children of Israel were having hope of his arrival. They had great, if you've ever been to a Shabbat, a Sabbath meal, every week they talk about the Messiah coming and what he was going to do when he came. But so much of what happened, they missed it because they had an expectation differently than happened. See, the word hope is not wishing, it's not desiring, it's not even faith. Hope is expectation for something that's coming. And they had, the children of Israel, had some expectation. Could someone get me some water, please? <clears throat> they had expectation with great uh, excitement of what was going to happen when this Messiah came. And I understand it. As we look back at that scripture we just read, it said he's going to set up shop. He's going to take over. But it didn't happen that way. And they missed it because they had expectation in a framework of what they thought was going to happen, how it was going to happen, and what way it was going to happen. Now, they all knew that the win was not up to them, but they thought they knew kind of how and in what place. And they missed this coming because they had the expectation a little bit differently. Oopsie. This just to give you something else to talk about. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if we can identify a little bit with the children of Israel that sometimes we miss what we are hoping for because we have expectation a little differently than really what God had in mind. Let's take our current situation. If your hope is in who is going to be elected president, you have a misplaced hope. No matter what, if you're disappointed or glad or think it's going to go through courts, whatever you think, that's not the issue. Is where is your hope? What are you expecting? And I want to be honest with you. I don't have hope or expectation that someday the United States government is going to get it 
And they're going to wake up and say, oh, we realize we've been wrong and Jesus is Lord and, and get it all right. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think no matter who's president or how many people we can put in Congress or Senate or the Supreme Court, that's not where our hope lies. And I think many people, they've been in great dilemma. I had one person call me the night of the election in deep tears. Because what are we going to do now? And as I was preparing this message, I, I had to do quite a bit of adjusting of my hope and my expectation. Let's look at the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read the first five verses. It says this. Now mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unruly, without love, unholy, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, but <clears throat> lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, conceited, treacherous, rash, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Does that sound like today or what? See, our hope has often been misplaced in a political change, like the children of Israel. See, they thought that Jesus was going to come, take over, and get the government going right, and rule and reign. That's what they thought. In fact, when Jesus did come, and the few people that did recognize him, the 12 disciples, when he announced to them that he was leaving, they panicked. This is in John 13. And they, they just were forlorn. What are we going to do? Because their hope was he was going to get rid of these rotten Romans, set up his government, and get it right. And I understand this because the scripture we read in Jeremiah, it sounds like that's what he was going to do. But see, Jesus did not come to correct a government. He came to bring us salvation. Anybody glad for that? See, the government was never God's idea. They, he even gave him a king reluctantly. He gave them a king and set up government and the whole thing's about taxes. Now, I'm going to make a pretty radical statement here, and you don't have to agree with me. But see, taxes was not even God's idea. Tithe was. Have you noticed in Israel there's never a police department? Huh, never building codes or permits. They didn't need it because, see, the, 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 the country rule and reign in God's design. If everybody would give 10% to the right place, we wouldn't need taxes. That's a kind of a shocking statement. See, we have expectation in how we think it's all going to be corrected and made right. Now, it's not wrong 
for us to desire the people in government that you uh, prefer and think will do the best job according to your particular uh, values? That's not wrong. But if your hope that that's going to bring correction, you have some misplaced hope. See, in Proverbs 13, it says, hope deferred or, or delayed or put off makes the heart grow sick. Why is there so much division in our country? A lot of people are hopeless or having hope deferred and their heart's sick because they have hope that someday, somehow, the system, the government will finally get it and we are going to live in a good land. That's what the Israelites thought. They expected Jesus to come, take over, get it right, set it straight, and they could live in peace. It didn't happen that way. He never did really one thing in a governmental way. He just came and lived a holy life in order to make provision for you that you could have a right relationship with God. Now, which would you rather have, salvation or a good government? Jesus chose what was best. And the word advent means arrival, and he's arrived. We're celebrating this arrival. Another thing that the Israelites didn't expect is how he came. They sure didn't expect him to be born a barn. I think they were expecting a lot of pomp and circumstance and a lot of, you know, trumpet blowing and something that ta-da, ta-da, ta he's here. Well, it didn't happen that way. Very, very humble and gentle. And, and they had expectation in a certain way that it didn't happen. Are we expecting something that's not going to happen? And therefore, we struggle because it didn't, it's not really taking place in the way, in the manner that we thought. Our hope is not in the system. Our hope is in God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he talks about coming. Now, he's arrived, amen? And we're glad for that. He's arrived. Oh, but he's coming again. Let's read this. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead of Christ will rise first. After that, who we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so be with him, the Lord forever. Now, I have an expectation of a framework how that's going to happen. It might not take place like that. So I don't want to miss it like the Israelites did. I want to let God be God and me be not God and let him do it his way. But he's coming again. That's our hope. He's coming. And he has all authority now. And see, 
the, the scripture we read about how the, the world's going to be in the last days, we're there. And see, I don't think it's going to get better in government. I don't have hope and expectation that somehow the, the people around us are going to see the light. Now, we still do all we can to bring people to Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. But our hope is not in the system getting corrected. Our hope is in what, what Jesus has done and how he's made a provision and how he will fulfill it because he's coming again. Hope is not wishing. Hope is not keeping your fingers crossed, so to speak. Hope is not a desire. Hope is expectation of what's coming is good. What's your hope in today? What are you hoping for? Now, as Christmas comes, sometimes, children, we have some hope of what present might be given to us. We have hope in relationships that certain things will happen that we really enjoy and like. I have some hope and expectation for a dinner we're going to have in a little while, and I'm already beginning to taste it. I have hope. But true hope, the hope of God in Advent, is the expectation of the good that he will bring, and that is here now. Our hope is in Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, our hope we can declare is firm and secure. It says this, we have this hope as our anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Now, this curtain it's speaking about we see a real clear um, explanation of that in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51. And in this particular declaration or uh, expression about the curtain, in Matthew 27, 51, it says, at that moment, and that moment was when Jesus died. It says, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, this curtain was a very amazing piece of work. The, this curtain was 30 feet long, 30 feet high, and 30 feet wide. 30 feet, those of you that are here, about, is about as long as this platform. That's how long the curtain was. And 30 feet high. Now the, now, the thickness, there are disagreements in theologians, but most of them say a hand breadth or two. Hand breadth is four inches. That's how you measure a horse. A hand of a horse is four inches. And you saw two of them. It was at least eight inches thick. There are some people that think 18 inches. I don't know. But let's say eight. Eight inches thick and 30 feet high. 
That's a pretty substantial curtain, would you agree? You and I couldn't tear it. We couldn't even lift it. But the Bible says that the moment that Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, why did it say from top to bottom? Because it came from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven, but from God to us. And he ripped the curtain to accomplish the purpose of Jesus' death, and that is make a provision for us that we could have a right relationship with God and go into his presence. See, before then, you had to go to somebody else to pray. You couldn't go really pray yourself. You couldn't have your own Bible. Anybody glad you get to pray a little more often? And see, and the, and the high priest could only go into that holy place once a year. And after he did a whole lots of, of preparation, and they tied little bells around the bottom of his garment so they could hear him ding-a-linging or whatever that is. And when he moved, so they could at least tell he was still walking and didn't drop over. And they tied a rope around his ankle in case he did drop dead. At least they could drag him out. Anybody glad to get to pray more often than once a year? I didn't, I didn't hear you. Anybody glad that you can come into your presence of God anytime you want? Are we, are we grateful for that? See, this is why Jesus came. It wasn't to set up the government. It was to set up the plan of salvation that you and I could have a right relationship with God. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it says that hope does not disappoint us. The hope that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will never give you hope in a government correction. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do all that we can do to have the best government we can. Please don't misunderstand my encouragement. But that's not where my hope lies. See, I was, I was very interested in this election and, and talked a lot, was involved in some ways. But I had, I've had such peace because I realize that's not where my hope is. My hope is not who's president. I serve a higher king. How about you? We have a higher authority. Our hope is in God. Psalm 43, verse 5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. <clears throat> then it says, For I will yet, the word yet is a future word. It's not now, it's sometime ahead, an hour from now or wherever in the future. For I will yet. So it's encouraging us that even though you might be struggling, even though your situations that you're facing might not all that you want it to be, I will yet. Why? Because we have hope in God. 
See, it doesn't say the circumstances are going to correct, then you can have hope and joy. It says, if you trust God, he'll bring you there. And today, I want to challenge us that we take our eyes off a system of politics, the world, the economy, or whatever it is, and we transfer our hope where it should really be, and that is in Jesus. Can you say amen to that? And finally, I close with this. In Romans chapter 15, it says, May the God of hope, the God of hope, you don't have hope without God. Where does the world look to? No wonder they're so interested in the political situation. That's what their hope is. But may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that, let's look at that, so that, there's a purpose of it bringing that, so that, so that you may overflow with hope. Overflow, in other words, way more than you need. Anybody have any Thanksgiving meal a little bit more than you needed? <laughs> That's a good illustration of the abundance of food we have. We were overflowing. But God says, I want to give you overflowing hope. And how does it come? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Advent season is a time for us to say, thanks for coming. Thanks that you arrived. But our hope is not in you coming and correcting the system, but it's your coming to take us home. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that we can have hope today because you are the source and the giver of hope. And Lord, if we've had missed uh, places that we have put expectation, we have thinking that maybe this will take place and it doesn't happen. Lord, I pray that we'll be able to make some adjustments in our hearts that the true hope lies in God and in God alone. I pray. Lord, bless these precious people to this week. And Lord, we do ask that you would bring this pandemic to an end that you would bring about a resolve to these restrictions so that we can be together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you this week. May you have a great week. And remember, next Sunday, let's get back together and so that we can rejoice in the next uh, part of Advent. Amen.